0: This is Ibrox. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of This is Ibrox, the women's podcast. We've been away a week longer than we would have liked, but thankfully, Rangers have been kind enough to offer us up a cracking guest. However, before we do introduce her, we are a player show. As you may have noticed today, Scott's uh, a little under the weather. He said he's got the sniffles, which I haven't heard for a while, but that's why you've got me instead, your host. It's uh, the Scotsman's Graham Falk. And with me is regular co-host, Courtney McKenzie. Courtney, how are you first and foremost?
1: I was waiting on my introduction there, to be honest. I thought you're just going to completely leave me out and go to Rachel, but, you know, it's fine. Um, I'm good. It's officially a week until my birthday, so I'm in holiday mode, if you ask me.
0: Amazing. Good for you. I'm <sighs> a while away from my birthday, so... Um, but without yeah, but further I'm ado... I'm
1: a bit younger than you, Graham. I'm only turning 20.
0: Yeah, don't, let's not talk about it. Um, but without further ado, our guest today is, of course, Rangers Fallback, Rachel McLaughlin. Rachel, how are you doing? Are you all right?
2: Yeah, I'm all good, thank you. Um obviously just been in training this morning and whatnot, training constantly. <laughs> really, uh good apart from that, it's just football right now.
0: Yeah, all good though. All good football, isn't it? I suppose. It's uh we've we've learned that more than anything this season, I guess. But um Rachel, before we come to yourself, I'm just gonna have a bit of a chat with with Courtney this morning. Obviously, we were both in the presser, um, first and foremost with with Marky at nine o'clock, nine o'clock sharp. Um
1: it was bloody well early. It was a cracker of not I I was half asleep, so I can't remember what to say, but we'll, we'll likes them.
0: But um what was what was said in the presser um from your side?
1: my I asked them um how it reflects on the how the season was and it was it was honest. It was like it was a good season. I agree it was a really good season. The football just certainly doesn't reflect the place on the table. That's one thing I keep I keep I'm like saying to people is that Aye, they're in, they in third. But if you'd have seen the football that they played with, it looking at the table, you would have said that Rangers would have been in first, and rightfully so. But um, it was a good season, and he said, uh, just simply we need to dry our eyes and stop looking for excuses. Just go again next season, and um, that's exactly how it will be. And um, I was speaking to um a guy the other day about Rangers. He was a he's a journalist over in Northern Ireland, and he was like, oh, the, like same what I was saying. The football doesn't reflect the place in the table, and. Um, you think it's that next season with the I drink it, Rachel, so don't even repeat this to any of your bloody teammates, but uh Rangers will be the Rangers will be the team to beat next season and I fully believe that because they'll be it for revenge against you know who it's a Rangers podcast, I'm not gonna say them then.
0: I think um you're right in what you're saying. Obviously, I was in with the, the press this morning and Marty very much touched on as you said a lot, M does he has got that mantra of um it's a process, the, the starters and the finishes. I'm not sure which one he uses the most, but yes, is One game right at a time, is it? A, one game at a time.
1: One game at one a, a game time. time.
0: Indeed he is. And I think when we're talking about the game on, on Sunday, obviously as a, as a fan, you're aware that a Rangers win could result in something that probably ultimately we didn't want. But as you said, this, I think this morning, remains professional, goes into it. Um, there's still a chance of Champions League football as well, and he'll want to take three points. But um, in, in a positive mood, Courtney, wasn't he, as always?
1: Uh, he's, oh, he's always in a positive mood, he might not smile that much but um, he's always in a positive mood and he's probably my favourite manager at the uh, press conference with. You know, Kevin from Forth, Kevin, don't know he's a laugh, like the, the last time he was at McDonald's on the presser so I wasn't there to see it myself but um, nah, he's, he's, he's grand and I think um, one thing I noticed when I'm writing, it's so small but to me because I'm a fan it means so much He always refers to Rangers as Rangers Football Club and that's just the dignity of respect that he gives the club and you know, I just love him. Like I just want, I just want him to be there forever. You know, like I just, <laughs> I just don't want him to ever leave. I think I'm very glad I'm to London because I'll be slow in the news. But if Sophie does leave, then it will get to me in about a week's time, and then I can cry then. <laughs> then I can have a week cry then.
0: Hopefully he certainly doesn't. Hopefully he doesn't. But um, but Rachel, obviously, um, you talked this morning about you've had your training. Obviously we're coming towards the end of the season, but we're not there yet. Before we go into the, the season, your history and, and everything as a whole. Motherwell game was the most recent one. Um, if I do say so myself, I thought it was a very impressive performance. That could have been far more than the six that it was. But how do you assess the game sort of a few days on?
2: Yeah, no, I think it went really well. Uh, we tried out like a, a new formation as such that we had not really tried out before. And, you know, we're just getting to grips with that. Um, like you say, I think we could have maybe scored a, a few more. And I think, as you were saying, like looking on to next season, it's things that we kind of need to do a bit better, um, as well as obviously a few other things. Yeah. Um, But yeah, overall I think it went really well and obviously there was a few goal scorers in it as well and just shows the range of it all. So uh, yeah, I think it went quite well.
0: And obviously you managed to get on the the score sheet for two games in a row now, like goals are like buses, I guess, Rachel, but um, you wait for one and and two come along at once. Happy to get on the score sheet or is it just mainly about the team and if a goal comes along, you're you're more than happy to take it?
2: Yeah, obviously I'm happy. I mean, I couldn't have really missed that one against Motherwell there. There'd be a real problem uh, (laughs) there. But uh, at the same time, though, I'm really happy to obviously uh, score the goals. But as well, like I would take that out if we were still going to get the three points, you know, that's, that's the big one. So uh, that's the main thing, really.
0: You talked about formation, and um, that was something that me and Courtney noticed at the match. It seemed like we were playing with like multiple number 10s as opposed to our sort of usual formation. But on the flip side, I couldn't quite decide if you were playing at right back, right wing, or, or near up front. Obviously, you played midfield and defence throughout your career, but um, mm-hmm. since you've been at Rangers, it's been predominantly attacking fullback where is it you actually prefer?
2: Uh, I probably would say I'm quite comfortable at fullback Um I did play right mid um, quite a lot when I was younger and coming up maybe until I was about I don't know 19 roughly um, within the Scotland squads and then kind of still playing about um, with right wing um, but I think I, I quite like the tackles and the aggressive side to the defending I think that's why I, I prefer the fullback to be honest.
0: I was going to say, I kind of noticed that in, in a game that we'll, I'm sure we'll come on to, that you were getting particularly stuck in um, a few weeks yeah. back, shall we say? So, yeah, I, I can see that. Well, <laughs> can kind of wait. Before we move on to, obviously, other things, your history, um, right up to current day, pretty much as far as we can go, we have to touch on Claire Gemmel. Um It was really nice for ourselves and Courtney to be there and, and obviously see her going. But a bit of a shock for us because although, you, you know, players do leave, we, didn't really know that was happening until she scored and Kirsty Howitt announced that on the tannoy, but oh uh, you've been with Rangers, you know, six months. Some of that has been away from the team, unfortunately, due to COVID, but I think Claire Gemma would be someone you call a Rangers person. Like, how how much of an influence is she in the dressing room and how much of a miss is she going to be?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I, I know it's kind of been a short time almost um, compared to others a, as well, but, you know, I really get along with Gemma and I keep trying to tell her that she's got another year in her, but she's having none of it, apparently, and, um, so it's a shame, yes, yeah, She's obviously such a big role within uh, within the team, and you know she is a real true captain. And I think she looks after everyone. You know, she's got such experience as well. She she can give you like words of wisdom, really, and and where you're going wrong or what you can do better, or, you know, everything like that. So she's going to be a huge miss, uh, not only on the pitch but you know off it with uh, the effort that comes with it. So
0: with Claire as well, I think Courtney, you, you'll probably back me up on this, but. Marky and, and people within Rangers Women Football Club have, have talked about bringing in the right characters. I, would would it be fair to say she's like a blueprint for exactly what you want in the squad moving forward and for the future?
1: Yeah, I think, I think. go for it, Rachel. Go.
2: Oh no, I was just, I was just gonna was agree. She? Absolutely, I think like you can almost you see how much she cares when she's on the pitch and uh, and off it. And I think that's especially what you need. You need that fight. And uh, yeah, but I'll pass it on. That's pretty much all I was gonna say. <laughs>
1: Thanks to my co-host Rachel for passing it on there. That was perfect. No, nah, I'm joking, but um, no, she is. She's uh, the fact that she's been there for seven years. It's like oh, it's crazy. You don't get that women's I football these days. Long term, well, maybe probably like recent, definitely recently, you get short term things, and it's sad to see. Um, it's just you know the women's game not being up there yet. But seven years is such a long time, and I think when you're there for so long and you meet so many teammates, I think you're just gonna you're gonna give such a positive influence in. I think um I she's just like the way that she's on the pitch like that Motherwell game like almost like when she came out to simply the best right Nicola Nick Dawker gave her a cuddle and I said to Graham oh my God she better not be retiring we didn't know at this point yet and then she scored and to have it was like in a last home game ever or something and both of us went shut up like as if you're joking she's one of these players that you think will never retire like you just think she'll keep playing forever but oh it's it's a shame but um. You know, it was like I said on, on Twitter, it was such a such an honour to see her play for the club that you love so much for so long. Like it was just honestly, she's fantastic and she'll be solely, solely missed both as a Rangers fan and as a as a journalist, I think. <clears throat>
0: Courtney, you, um, you touched on the question I asked Markie this morning and, and I think we might as well touch on it because sadly people weren't at the game so didn't get to see it. Um, Kirsty Howard taking over a uh, tannoy announcer. We've been told by Markie she won't be continuing it and she'll be keeping her talent to the pitch as opposed to the tannoy. Um, but uh, w- what's your thoughts? Do you think she could do a tannoy job for the next couple of months while she recovers?
1: Um, she was doing well up until the subs and then she grabbed it uh, <laughs> big time. proper conversation with whoever was with her on the Tannoy, it was like sitting at high school, it was hilarious but uh, she was doing a great job you know, she had the emotion in the the talk and then I think Emma Brownland and a Blomer come on and uh, the numbers just went flying didn't they, I actually forgot the number they were, I was like, nah I'm lost, Like I was like dyslexic for a minute but bless her, she's done a good job and it must be be difficult sitting at the sidelines so I'm like, if you want to do that and and pass your time then you do that, but Malky was very strict on the no, I thought he was going to leave it at no. Like it just went no. Luckily, gave you a bit more of an answer, but um, she's she's good at it. But I just um, you know, she gubbed it at the subs, and I think there that she needs to be sub. she needs to just sit on the bench a bit longer.
0: I think I sealed the fate. Rachel, could you could you hear that on the line? Could you hear the uh the Who could they hear it? The
2: wee woman in knocking Howie Caffey could hear it. <laughs> it was so rude. I didn't realise it was actually Kirsty at first. But I hadn't heard anything. I don't know when this came about. And then I think it must have been after one of the goals, and I was like, "That voice sounds so familiar." <laughs> and I have and I seen all the photos after, and I was like, "I can't believe that's actually happened." <laughs> uh, it,
0: it was the third goal. It was like Rangers three, Motherwell it was so sarcastic. zero, <laughs> um, <laughs> and then went then, nil, 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 nil. I just
1: went no, 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 sorry, Zero, nil. zero, zero. I'm not at the Motherwell players must be like costing you at it. You're just rubbing salt in. Oh, um, funny, man. I got it on video. I actually got it on on video on it when Custom Riley scored and uh, what a goal it was for it to announce because it was a brilliant goal.
0: When we're talking about, um, you know, we're having a bit of a laugh about it and and, and stuff like that, Rachel, but, um, you know, there's been, as good as a season as it's been, and and we will come on to the Celtic games sort of later on, but there's been difficult moments (laughs) in it. Yeah, of course. Um, But there's been difficult moments in it. of course. But but it seems like the, the team as a whole are really close-knit like we, we we've we sat with them once or twice this season obviously with the, the simple fact that you know there's sadly been no fans up until recently and everyone talks everyone gets along everyone's kind of got a good bit of banter uh you've played in really successful teams before Rachel obviously that that we know one of them we're facing on Sunday uh how good is the team spirit within Rangers at the moment
2: yeah I think it's it's actually really good like I've not been in that long and even in the time that I have I, I've got real real good friends within that team now um Obviously, I played with quite a few of them previously, um, but even still the girls that I never knew, like everyone gets along so well. And I think especially this season where we have had really hard times as well as the good times, you know, that's also shown, you know, people have picked people up and uh, we've all got going and knowing there's games still coming and we've got to act as professional as we can and in focusing on the next game after maybe a game that's not gone so well. And I think that's really shows like how together we kind of are. Um, so yeah, it's a real, real close bunch.
0: When it comes to sort of your history, I want to go back all the way back as, as far as we possibly can, and it's a it's a cheesy question to ask, but you know what? It brings great answers, Rachel. So don't let me down here, right? Um, okay. You're from far, far up north. Am I right yeah. in saying it was Inverness?
2: Uh, yeah, just a wee bit past Black Isle, so I'm <laughs> in. I live past.
0: <laughs> so growing up, obviously you're following football you're getting into football but when was the moment when you kind of realized that you like you loved football and that you wanted to be involved in it
2: yeah I think I actually was um, born down in Livingston and uh, my brother's only a year and a half younger than me so when we were growing up we were always just kicking a ball about like it was just constant Um, and my family like my my grands uncles my mom and dad like always used to go to football games for Livingston Mm -hmm. so I was always around it and it just became one point where you kind of like, I think I was doing like everything I, week. I would do, gymnastics and, you know, your dancing and everything that I would definitely not be doing now. Um, but back then I obviously was and it just kind of got to the point And I remember just sitting down and I was like, there's so many things happening and, you know, your training's like increasing and I kind of had to make a decision. And I think at that point, like, I just automatically knew it was football, you know, um, probably it was the only thing that I was maybe half okay at. And maybe that's why, but, Uh, at the same time it was quite easy for me I think I just had that love for it growing up and you know that just developed into I'm putting everything into football and, and that's kind of where it went
0: so did you have sort of heroes or I won't ask you what team you supported on the off chance it's not the right answer um but did you have heroes growing up did you have people you looked up to because obviously the world's the world is changing you know there's 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 female footballers that little boys and little girls can look up to but you know Truth, truth be told, fifteen, twenty years ago, that that wasn't really always the case. So, did you have a hero growing up? Or
2: yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, Julie Fleeton was a massive, of course, uh, at the time. And I remember even my granny and granddad like cutting out bits in the newspaper about her and and giving it to me. And that you know, it was just starting to look at it and show that like these things can happen in the women's game. Um, I don't know if you've heard of uh, Barry Wilson as well uh, in Lymington men team. Uh, he's played for a few Scottish teams now, but. Um, I always looked up to him as well he was uh, played in the wing and uh, that was always something that I could actually see you know in the stands and just focusing on that and looking at that and uh, he was definitely someone as well and I think even growing up I always played uh, with Aberdeen ladies and uh, I was saying this to Nick the other day I remember Nick being at fullback and I'd play against her uh, and thinking you know like that's where I want to be kind of thing I don't know if that shows her age a little bit but uh, that's you know it's a role model Uh at the time as well. So I did definitely have people, you know, I looked at growing up
0: kind of thing. Of course. Um, you mentioned before about being down in Livingston. Obviously, as I touched before, you, you were born sort of far mm-hmm. up north. Uh, did you move down Livingston when you were quite young then? You didn't actually spend too much time up, sort of up?
2: No, so it was like the opposite <laughs> way. I was born in Livingston and I stayed down there till I was about eight and then I moved up uh, up to Och um, and I stayed up there till obviously like after school and whatnot. Um, so it was a lot of travelling for a lot of training sessions when I started playing with Aberdeen and everything like that. But um, yeah, that's how it went.
0: What were the opportunities for you, like sort of um, when you were growing up in terms of just getting into teams, be it girls or, or boys teams?
2: Yeah, so when I was younger, like I was saying, because obviously my brother Ewan played a lot of football and he was in Ross County boys, um, so I was quite lucky. They re- like they were really uh, nice to me to let me go in and train with the boys. Uh, which is always an interesting uh, thing to do. Um, but I played with them and I think it was like the ages, like between four or five and primary six, seven. Um, but it obviously got to the point where I'm getting older and then they can't, like, if I was to get injured or anything, a physio can't like touch me and it's like mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So then I, I had to go and find a girls team. And that's when I, uh, under 15 level, I went down to a team called Letham down in Perth. Um, so that's when the travelling started, which was fun for the parents, I'm sure. Um, but in the meantime, I played, I trained with Women's Ladies, so I was just kind of down for mainly games and whatnot, and uh, trained Women's Ladies, but obviously couldn't sign until I was uh, 16. So.
0: And obviously, you're you within the academy. And obviously, Courtney, you were within an academy as well, um, which we we oh. may know. Um,
1: yeah, I to Shine and with Maybe <laughs> a enough.
0: question to maybe a question at both of you here, but I'll, I'll come to you first, Courtney. Um, how how much have the opp- opportunities changed, sort of these days, from maybe what they were like when when you and and Rachel were growing up, and obviously I'll, I'll come to you first Courtney, but but same question to you, Rachel, as well. Once once she's once she's given me her side of, of things.
1: Ah, uh, might be a while i love to talk. No, I'm joking. Um, God, the academy was like I was like like Graham had not mentioned. I'll say it myself, right? I was in Rangers Academy, Rachel. So I'm coming after you, coming after <laughs> you. We right wing job. No, I'm joking, but. Um, <laughs> The academy, even back then, was like fantastic. I think. Um, don't get me wrong, the kits would hang off you, yeah, and you would be like traveling your parents to tournaments and everything like the classic. Um, but like we would train at. It was known as Murray Park then, and it was just it was surreal. Like the like I said to Graham the first time we went into Auckland, <clears throat> how to do the media. Like we used to go in that academy reception to go to training, and I was like, it's so weird. Like this place seems so much bigger when I was younger, and now I'm back. As I meant to be adult, and it seems a lot smaller, but it's crazy. We used to train out in the pitch that's just next to the one that you used, like play on. Um, and it's just yeah, the opportunities back then still were, were great, but obviously the professional team wasn't quite up and running yet, so it's not as if you had, um, like people to be like, Well, I want to be in the first team because never really had that. Um, like other other teams are definitely a lot more progressed than Rangers, they were a wee bit slower than everyone, but um, the academies like when I was younger were definitely. Good, but I can't believe how much they've progressed now. It's it's crazy how much is happening for young girls. It's like the world is, is theirs now. It's, it's crazy.
0: Same question to you, Rachel. I mean, obviously you're part of a club now that's fully professional. Um, you've played at Glasgow City as well, obviously. You've been with big Scottish clubs. You've been down south as well. But I think where we stand now in 2021, although COVID may have knocked a lot of that progression back across the game as, as a whole, how much of a progression are you seeing being where you're at now compared to maybe you were sort of growing up. No disrespect to the, the clubs that you were at at the beginning.
2: Yeah, no, I think it's crazy. Like to think of you know what's happening now in in full time training and you know the the way the league's going and you know every team's kind of building in that sense. Um, and I think that's massive. Um, personally, as well, when I go home, um, the the what the girls have grown up um, seems so small. But having like the wee tournaments that they have now. It, and leagues that they have, you know, that's going to help the women's game going forward massively. and um, Especially being up north, obviously there wasn't as much up there uh, when I was younger, especially. Um, but seeing all that now, it's it's crazy. And, and the amount of girls that are going to these training sessions, you know, I sometimes go to the ambassador for the Thistle girls up home and, you know, I try and pop into training when I can. And the amount of girls there, it's crazy. And, you know, some of them have a really good talent and it's just so nice to see. And, you know, hopefully just everything keeps going that way.
0: Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Um, going back into your, your history ever so slightly, uh, you started at Inverness City, as I think you sort of touched on and, and made your way to Aberdeen. But shortly after that, you ended up at, at Yeovil mm-hmm. South, which is obviously far south. It's not just going over the border, it's, it's, it's south. <laughs> Did it feel at the time like that was the right move and, and the best move to make because the game in England was progressing faster and maybe it wasn't in Scotland? Or was there other reasons for that?
2: Yeah, I think at the time, um, I was obviously with Hibs, um, it was a really good squad at that moment and it just kind of seemed right, like the, the moment came up, uh, Jovo kind of came in and I looked at it, I went down, I seen what it was like and obviously they were in, in the top league in England at that point and you know, I was thinking of obviously the opponents that I was playing and, and that being slightly stronger down in England than it was up here, so I just thought it was a, a next challenge, um, fair enough, I came back up after six months anyway but... Uh, at the time I just thought that was right for me and you know I actually really enjoyed my time while I was down there and I'm still really glad I did do it.
0: With Theo obviously you mentioned before you had Hibs which I've completely missed out well done Greg. Um, but Hibs for a while and even now are still a good club and they've championed women's football for a while now. and I know we're here to speak about Rangers predominantly but how much did you enjoy your time at Hibs because they're so new I think they've championed their women's team for a long long time and obviously a lot of our players that we have at the moment came from the sort of not so much the school of Hibs but you know the that mm-hmm. Hibs team that was there how much did you enjoy your time there?
2: Yeah I fully enjoyed my time there I think I was there for about three seasons or something like that so you know it was a real close bunch then as well and uh, I think it was it was always good because we we're always challenging and um, obviously it was around that point where the Hibs and Glasgow City were always um, battling for that top spot and uh just I think we had a bit of success as well with obviously the cups, which always gets a team together and you know, Champions League spots and um, played a few games with them as well in that. So uh yeah, overall I had a really good time there. And I think it really developed me as a player and, a, and as a person as well. You know, I was quite young and in that kind of age time that I was there, I think I came on a lot. So
0: um it was really good. How old were you when you were at Hibbs?
2: So I must I just came down for uni, so I was kind of just going into like twenty, like. 19, 22 kind of thing. So,
0: when is it? You sort of when is your, your peak learning age, so to speak, if if that can be a question that can be answered? Because I suppose yeah, you're always true. learning, but but when I is well, the kind she
2: is, of? She's She's the one. good
0: <laughs> It's a good question. Hey, she said it, not yeah. you, right?
2: Um, a lot. <clears throat> I think like I'm still learning a lot, so I'm not really <laughs> really sure, to be honest. Uh, I think when I was kind of. Around the age of like twenty twenty one, um, when you're kind of going fully into like woman the women's game, and you've, you're still looking up at so many people. I mean, I still am, but even at that point, I really felt like I got grips of of the game, and uh, you know what kind of had to be done, and tactically as well as technically. Um, I think I developed a lot during that that kind of period.
0: With that time scale in your in your life, I think was about the time you got into the the Scotland squad, obviously, um, hence going after that, towards your year 2017. Mm-hmm. Is that sort of the pinnacle of your career, making your debut and getting to a major tournament? I know, obviously, you, you, you didn't play at the tournament, but getting to play for your national team, getting international recognition, pushing forward, like, is that the pinnacle for you?
2: Yeah, I think, obviously, the debut is, like, something that will, like, just stay with me forever. I think it would with everyone kind of thing. And the fact that it was in Livingston as well just made it that much, that little bit better. And my grand and grandad in the stands and whatnot, and... Um, so it was really special uh, for me um, at that at that moment. But then there's been so many things along the way as well that have, you know, that nearly been there as well. Like you say, like obviously going down to the Euros and everything like that in 2017. Um, that was just amazing to experience all that and, you know, everything that it was about. And just every time, to be fair, you get picked for your national your national team. It's, you know, a real privilege. So um, there's been a lot along the way, but it's, it's certainly up there.
0: Courtney, obviously... I'm an, I'm an Englishman, which is obviously going to give it away. I like to see Scotland do well, of course, but you know I'm, I'm English, I suppose. Um, you'll have been watching that team progress, and obviously you'll have been part of it as well, Rachel, but that came on to being the team in 2019, the team that we see now and a really strong Scotland squad that's bringing some really world-class players. Could you feel, Courtney, at that time, around the time when Rachel was in that squad 2017, um, could you feel what was about to come as a fan?
1: Yeah, you definitely can I think you grow up like even with the men's team you're just so used to this disappointment and you know, like so even like when Scotland got to to the um to the Euros it was like this massive thing and it was so nice to see because obviously it's not as if like I said the men's team are not successful so it's not as if people can be like oh well the men's team done it last year so it's nothing special you know like that part of the gear the men's team only they get like been in one for like 20 years so I it was so good to see like I remember like blessed like my wee granddad and my dad and all that being pure chuffed and um I, and then with the World Cup as well like the World Cup was massive like I could not believe that like that was unbelievable um but the Scotland women's team are just like they're so underrated That does my head in. you know people look at like England and stuff and all the other ones in They're good but like just watch Scotland for like 10 minutes I got like don't watch the Finland game right like the European campaign don't watch that because that was dreadful we'll miss that out but any other game I think um yeah like Scotland are just there's only one way up like I think with the young people coming in like like Brogan Hay and, and Sam Keatling make a way in like Scotland Scotland can only get better like it's so so good and hopefully um they can lift a world cup in my lifetime They no pressure Rachel <laughs> 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 I <can really> <laughs>
0: <try>. <laughs> Courtney I think I, I think I jumped in there at some point you, you were about to ask something did I jump in and cut you off unfortunately sorry
1: yeah as always Graham it's fine though. this is your show I'm joking um, I but I was gonna, I was gonna say, no. When you moved to Glasgow City, Rachel, I think Graham, you remember my memories. Doing me you now, I'm nearly twenty. I'm getting so old. But um, when you moved to City, did you get the whole um, trophies talk? I think it was Nick like, Doc the first ever episode that spoke about that, like, like open the suitcase of trophies and medals, and was like, do you want to win these? Um, then Kirsty Herbert, I think, confirmed it as well. Um, but I think yeah, those two definitely spoke about this trophies talk. Did you get that
2: talk? I can't remember this exactly, but I'm sure it probably came up because I'm sure that's probably a good way to go about it.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's a good way to convince you to come along, isn't it? So uh, I'm not going to deny that. Um, whilst on the topic of, of Scotland, Rachel, obviously, congratulations on being obviously called up to the squad recently. I think we were chatting to Markie a couple of weeks ago about you know players that are already in the squad obviously Sam wasn't in the squad this time but she's made a debut this year and had a fantastic season Nick's there Jenna's there but I think a lot of me personally was looking at maybe Brogan being part of it and then completely forgot that Brianna had Scottish parents Um maybe a bit of an obvious question but how deserving is she of international recognition do you feel?
2: Yeah absolutely Um obviously she's a young player coming up and has done extremely well this season so I uh, just one of the things you got to just keep going and you know keep working hard and playing playing the way you are and you know hopefully that chance does come up
0: does that help from a um from a club perspective having so many players playing for the international team like you, you're kind of going to international camps together you get to build up more of a, a camaraderie if you prefer does that kind of help or does it not really matter
2: um <laughs> uh, no i i think it i think it does help um quite a bit um to be honest with you obviously like having as much as numbers as uh, you can from a squad is what you're wanting uh, realistically. And, you know, showing that that's, that's happening at Rangers is a really positive thing. Um, obviously, we can just hope that we can keep keep, keep doing that kind of thing and, and building them connections.
0: How much are you looking forward to the friendlies? Obviously, Northern Ireland and Wales are tasty games to have. I don't think there's such mm-hmm. a thing as a friendly with them. But um, how much are you looking forward to the, the two friendly games coming up this month?
2: Yeah, really looking forward to them. I think they'll both be really competitive games, you know, where... Uh, you know, each team will be going for it fully. So uh, as much as they're friendly, I don't know how how friendly you can get in the, in national games kind of thing, you know, so uh, it'll be good. It'll be good to go out and uh, hopefully get some, uh, some games going.
0: Rewinding back to obviously to Rangers and and this season, we we will come on to it. Uh, You joined, I think officially it was sort of January when it was officially announced, but obviously you (laughs) played before that. And and before we go into the the rest of the games that came in 2021, that the COVID stop and all that kind of thing, um, one of, your, one of your first games against your former club. Um, we'll play them on Sunday, but a result that I don't think anyone, Glasgow City Rangers, Celtic, whoever it may be in the league, saw it coming. You're someone that's on the pitch being part of that, going in at half-time, I think it was 3-0 up. What was the whole experience like of, of that day coming so soon after you move?
2: Yeah, I think it was pretty crazy. Obviously, I, I knew when I was kind of coming into Rangers and what games we had. Obviously, that Motherwell game beforehand in N-City and you know, it was going to be a quite a big game at the time. And you know, uh, you know, obviously coming from the team, you really, you really want to put a good performance in and get a, get a win realistically. And um, obviously, just the whole experience was a bit crazy. I really didn't see it going that way either. Um, I think I remember saying at halftime to all the girls, like, look, like we haven't won the game yet. They're going to come out flying and uh, you know, pressing. And I think uh, if I remember correctly, we scored quite early in that second half. And you know, that kind of made us like a bit more confident. I think with everything. Um, and, you know, like to come away against uh, against such a strong team 5-0, you're going to have a smile on your face, especially when it's one of the bigger teams. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it certainly wasn't and a happy one at that.
0: Talking about um, the process that we, we talked about at the start of the podcast and how, you know, it's your first season professional as a team. That's going to have ups and that's going to have downs. But if you were to pick, you know, the, the best game that you've played, all season, or the, the game where you go well, actually... When we're like full pelt, that that's the team that we are. Is that was that like the perfect performance that you just hope to replicate in the coming years, like on a more continual basis?
2: I think I think so in some ways. Um, when we look back in that game, I remember watching it and thinking, I don't think we we played overly good. I know that sounds silly, right. I thought but you were
0: all right, to be fair. <laughs> like
2: I know you are were not too bad. You were not bad. <laughs> but like honestly, the girls will say the same and. We but at the same time, like I would 100 percent take that because we were so clinical, mm-hmm. and we scored the chances we got, and that's the big thing because that's what wins games. You know, uh, you know, you said it earlier. Like I think we have played good football this season. It's been scoring one net and keeping out the other, and that's the kind of things we need to you know work on. And so, in some senses, that game we we did we, we didn't play as good as we could have. I don't think personally, but so clinical. So so that you take that any day, you know.
1: I like some of the goals were random, weren't they? Like Carly's mm-hmm. goal, um, I think she's the last goal scorer at the corner. Like I was just thinking, How bad I hate to be horrible here, like they're a good team, but I was like, How bad can your luck be? You're losing four 0 and oh. like your goalie like nudges at a certain way and it goes in. Like I just I was looking at the scoreline thinking, No, like what parallel universe am I sitting in? Like there's no way it's it's five 0 and I seen like a few tweets afterwards thinking, Oh, <clears throat> it's the changing of the And I was thinking, No, don't do this, like don't do it because as soon as the tweets start that's when like, all the pressure gets piled on and um, it's come back to bite people in the arse, I think, isn't it? I
0: think uh, as, as well, Rachel, Like um, <coughs> there, there was a lot of talk about that kind of stuff. You're absolutely <laughs> right in the changing of the guard and stuff like that. And I, I think as fans, you can get carried away in that sense, whereas on the flip side is players, I, I don't think you can afford to and I don't think you probably would have done. But what came immediately after that was a four-month break that nobody anticipated. Um, a break that, I mean, all right, so the season beforehand got null and void and, and stuff like that, but it was coming near the end of a season. You've never had a break in the middle of a season. It's just unprecedented. Mm-hmm. Um, how frustrating was that period for the whole squad and, and you individually, like a lot of new players just joining the team, you've just whacked the 13-time champions 5-0. Everyone's bigging you up. You're full of confidence. And then someone says, you can't play for four months. How How does that feel?
2: I know it. I mean, it's never going to be good, is it? Realistically, and I think even after that game, without knowing the lockdown was coming, I didn't even want the two week break over Christmas. You know, I just wanted to keep going, and especially for me individually, and obviously Kirsty and Sam who'd only been in that them two weeks, um, so it was just like a new new beginning anyway, and you know I just wanted things to keep running, and then it got it got worse obviously by the lockdown then uh, happening, and you know not getting to see the girls or going training. Um, and you're trying to stay as fit as you can but the motivation's levels were going down as it was going, and you know I think it was hard overall as well, but you know when we came in, we were all we had that excitement and, and motivation to to go and try and do something, so uh you know there was that as well, but um no, it was it was obviously not the best at times with having that lockdown like you say right in the middle
0: there's i think a few players that we've had on around the time when you just came back, I think Nick being one, I think Kirsty being the the other who obviously you've played with for a long time. Mm-hmm. And they spoke an awful lot about how, and I think it's something that we all know, you know, I, th- I think Courtney, you probably felt the same. We all had our own mental issues with, with lockdown and, and probably still dealing with some of it. You know what I mean? And pubs only opened in Glasgow a few weeks ago. And that's definitely an issue for my mental health. I'll tell you that for now. Um, but I think they all spoke really, really positively about how Rangers helped throughout that time. And, um, you know, you especially would have joined a new club. You want to get to know your teammates and you're kind of stuck in the house. Can't do anything. Can't play football, can't train. Um but how good were ranges at sort of making sure you were you mentally okay and, and as an individual and as a team?
2: Yeah, no, I think, you know, so good actually, to be honest with you. Um, with it, within the team, we still had like meetings happening. Uh, I would say maybe like twice a week or so, you know, just so that everyone could see their faces. And, you know, we we're working on things obviously as a team as well, but, you know, there was just conversations happening, which was just nice to hear all people's voices at that point. Um, and obviously as well, like, within a team we had like we had a few things happening with the girls organizing things to try and stay fit and like I say because it was such a close a bunch you know there was plenty of face times going on and and whatnot but especially from Rangers you know like you were getting numbers if you wanted to speak to someone different or if you needed something or you know Malky was a phone call away all the coaches and the staff you know they're all they're all the friendliest of people. So, you know, I think they would have been right on the other side of the phone if you ever if you ever needed them. And I think that was massive during that time. Because um, like you said, you know, times were tough during that, and especially half having experienced it, you know, the kind of during that year before. So uh, uh, no, they were they were honestly great throughout that time.
0: Good. Um I think. With the, the lockdown that that was in place and how long it took and stuff like that, I believe that some of you all live together though, don't you? So do you do you live with the players as well? Did you have like close contact with some of your yeah. teammates?
2: I was quite lucky to be fair. Um, during that lockdown, I was in with uh, Bree, Kirsty, and Megan, um, and Chantelle was actually there at that point as well. Um, halfway through, I think it was. That's
0: a that's a solid that's a solid set. Yeah, yeah I'll give you that solid, solid set.
2: That, to be fair. I yeah. can imagine that's quite a lot it was it was it was a good group and I think I was really lucky to have them um you know in the in the flat um just different people to go speak to you know um and obviously like we're a close bunch um within that flat as well so it was it was really good having them and you know they kept me motivated for sure to go out around once in a while as well
0: <laughs> we've sort of spoken already about the um the the, the tight knitness of if that's even a word of you all um and and how much you get on together and and have a bit of a laugh but the really important question is who's who's got the best banter
2: that's, a, that's hard that's of of that bunch uh I don't know I mean you, you should hear some of Dana's jokes uh I don't know if they're good or bad but the accent and everything there
0: definitely it, doesn't it?
2: I was gonna
1: say, like um
2: she's she's a usual
1: culprit that the, the answer that we get for that. And um yeah. it's always uh, we were we were in the stands for the hearts game, Graham, weren't we? I think um I can't even I think um someone had done something and somebody's like, Oh there's Dana doing TikToks again. Like just right. like everyone was just like, it was the pelvis that gets me, you know, being Scottish, you can't beat it. Graham, you won't understand, unfortunately, but um No, I've only I been here ten years. I've only been here 10 years, um, but I. it's just, I think, like, with the with the team, you can see it on the pitch. Like, I say that, me and Graham say that all the time. Like, you can tell a team a mile how close she's are. And, like, when Clare scored mm-hmm. in our last home game there, I was like, oh, nearly, nearly tearing up, man. Everybody was just cheering. I think the one person that was loudest, and I'm really surprised, was Lizzie Arnott. Like, the, yeah. the, the, the kind of squeal that she let out. I was like, that's the loudest I've ever heard her. Like, honest to God, she's all, she's quite quiet. I know, but, no.
2: Like, Everyone was just because she was sitting a wee bit and everyone was just wanting her to go forward to get to get that. <laughs> goal. I think she wanted it
1: too, so it was a good goal for Brogan. But I was like, I was because it's a shame because I think Brogan could have scored maybe two or three that game. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting to green, like, I hope she gets a goal because she like, she's starting to look frustrated. And then uh, she assisted Claire, and I was like, Oh, I suppose I suppose that will do. And it was like six nil yeah. at this point, so I was like, oh, I could just leave it now. Like, there's no point in keeping going. The game's won. <laughs>
0: In terms of, we've talked about a lot of positives um, and th- there is a roundabout with this, but we're going to come to a slight negative. Um, I think one thing that's probably affected a lot of people uh, is obviously the the Celtic games. You've been part of, well, um, Parkhead. There was obviously the first one that was before you came. Um, so you've been part of the last two. I think particularly we'll, we'll concentrate on the, maybe the one at their ground beforehand particularly frustrating game myself and, and Courtney were there obviously me being very neutral as I either have to be on that game but I think to I be wasn't fair, even
1: I, no, didn't, you hide it. It. You definitely I didn't even hide it whatsoever I left crying Rachel I actually did I left this, I left Celtic Park crying. I was like I don't even know what to do I hate this place I hate this team why am I here oh wait I've got, I've got a job to do mm, that? I'll just leave it I Enough. was just so I was just so raging it was the um it was the the singing and the celebrations that get me. Like I can see the goal and that's fine. I can appreciate like a good goal, but like just don't like annoy me with it afterwards. Like go and celebrate elsewhere. It's just don't I, annoy me with. It.
0: I suppose that that's kind of round about the question I wanted to ask in a sense, Rachel. You, you've you've played really well, shall we say, in, in Goldwin games. Hey, let's not make excuses about it, Goldwin games. But when you play as well as you did and you, and you miss the chances that you did, and then it comes at the end of the game, and obviously. You know, everyone makes mistakes, things happen. But, because, you know, Jenna would have felt probably quite lonely at that point um, because of what happened and, and so on and so forth. You see the celebrations, which, you know, like you do in a derby game, you're going to load it. It's, it's what, you know, naturally should happen, I think, in a, in a derby game. But how difficult is it as a player when you've gone through a game like that? You've dominated possession, you've had the bulk of chances and a late goal goes in at the end and yet you feel like one of the loneliest people in the world on a, a really big ground and, and your enemy's ground, basically.
2: Yeah, no, it was horrible. I just wanted off to be honest. Yeah, there's no, there's no way to say any like better kind of thing. You know, you you do what you can. Like you say, fair play, good game, and then you know you're marching right off. And um, it's just you don't want it to see, especially after you say it was one of them games where I think, like you say, if we kept it out on it and took the took our chances, which is just football, and I understand they done that, and and then therefore they win. You know that that's how it goes. So. You know, fair play to them. They they put it in the net, and you know, we never really saw. Um, <laughs> There's the not f- much you can see, to be honest. There's not I much you can see. It's just one of them. Like it's horrible, and and it really does get you for a few days, and then you've got to just pick yourself up and go again. Really, um, but yeah, you're you're marching off the the pitch. You're not wanting to see any of it.
0: <laughs> but with stuff like that, I suppose everyone remembers as a fan, let alone as a player, like moments in matches and, and moments in seasons where you, you felt like you don't want to talk to anyone. But in, in reality, I suppose going into next season with one game left to go in uh, this season, going into next season, next season, you, you'll maybe not so much look back on those moments, but remember how you felt in those moments. And, and that's kind of the fire you've got to use maybe for, for next season.
2: Yeah, I do think that that is true. Like, you know how much it does hurt to lose against teams like that. And, you know, I, th- I think to be honest when I say team like that but like any game I think um, it's just football really grips you and I, I mean I go off a mood sometimes if I've not played maybe as good as I think I can and even if we have one <laughs> even though I'm happy we've got- <laughs> I think like especially in games like that where they are so close and they mean so much you know that it really does hurt and I think like you say next season we can really use that to to hopefully fuel us going forward.
0: Does it help having... Obviously, Marky's not a screamer or a shouter. Definitely not. Um, and he, he said it himself, so I'm sure you won't mind me saying it. He's someone who, I think he said this morning, and it's not the first time he said it, um, everyone at Rangers has an opinion and every opinion's listened to. Does that help in situations like that when you've got someone who wants to actually talk, understand how you feel in that moment and how you can take the positives from what is ultimately a massive low where you, you feel quite, like I say, quite lonely sometimes? Does it help having someone like Marky and, and Kevin that will talk and try and understand... You know how that you can progress in the positives you can take from performances like that.
2: Yeah, I think absolutely. Um, it's kind of what needed at some points like that. You know, you know yourself what's happened, and you don't need someone screaming at you realistically. Um, you know, you know what the negative positives. You know what things you can take from the game. Um, and we've had discussions about you know some of the games that have happened this season, and you know where ones where every everyone from the team has contributed. And you know I've talked to Malky about it. I'm sure like so many other players have as well. And, you know, what we can do and, you know, it's all things that we can now only put into next season. Um, obviously, yeah, we can put them into each game that's happening recently and, and we fully have tried and going into next season, I, uh, I feel really positive about it all and, you know, hopefully we can, we can do that. I think
1: I think with those games, sorry Graham, I think with those right. games, like, I would understand if you did, um, like, completely took a hump in and didn't even like looked as though he didn't even know he was doing but every single game it was so dominant like like unbelievable like especially the game at Parkhead honestly it was just the football he's played I think it was one of without the scoreline it was probably one of the the best games I've seen like this season it was really good like everybody done their bit and I think that's probably the hardest bit to take was it's not as if um like see if like Celtic had won like four or five now and, and everything just went south it'd probably be a wee bit Easier to take, but he's done everything right. It's not as if he's done anything wrong. So, but see, looking at those results, I think they think next season, like Graham said, you will remember how he's failed. But they think that's probably the one advantage he's got next season using how it feels to to lose to Celtic three times. They don't like that's it over and done with now. Like you can only, you can literally only get better from from here.
2: Yeah, I think obviously just with where we are now, especially with the season just coming, you know, obviously coming to an end this week, it, it's kind of all you can it can do um, is look at yourself, look at each other as a team, you know, and just come back and, and get on the training pitch, you know, kind of right away looking forward to, to what's happening next season. And like I've said before, obviously, like now everyone in the team knows how much it hurts and, um, get beaten especially when you're saying you know it is such close games and i think we have played well in the majority of them which does make it hurt that little bit more and you know all we can do now is just correct the differences of us now trying to actually you know score the goals and 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 win the games you know
0: with the games that that you did have as well i suppose it hurts individually every player that wears a range shirt when that happens naturally whether it's a good performance bad whatever it hurts we we know that we know that as fans but in that dressing room, you've got some proper, proper blue noses. Kirsty Howard, I'm looking at you directly. Um, Nick Doc, obviously, is another one as well. Does it help also having like big, massive fans of the club who you know follows followed the team home and away um, throughout their livelihood to kind of not so much let you know what it means because I'm sure you're aware of that. You know, everyone knows about Rangers Football Club. But does it help having people like that in the dressing room, kind of because you were definitely someone who. Although we lost in the game afterwards, like I say, you were enjoying your tackles, and it felt like you Mm -hmm. were someone who was like given that leadership throughout that. And I'm sure that the fans within the side as well will will feel exactly the same. Does it help having Mad Rangers fans in the dressing room? Is basically what I'm asking in a really long winded way. Yeah, no, I I think you're
2: going to finish that, Graham. (laughs) 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 No, I I do think it helps obviously them tell you how important each each game is as a, as a Rangers fan as well as a as a player but I think a lot of it also just comes from within you know like um I wouldn't say like I I, I know the men's team and everything especially from living with Kirsty for so long and <laughs> um, but you know at the same time like I knew how important that game was no matter what so as well as having him I think it just adds to what is already inside you to to want to go and win that game you know.
0: How did it feel scoring in Old Firm? I know it wasn't the ideal result but obviously at the time it was like the, the first one we'd scored against him and it was a decent strike as well to go with it so how did it feel scoring in Old Firm at, at a particular moment?
2: Yeah I mean I, I remember striking it and not thinking it was going in to, to be honest with you and then when it got when it went in it kind of surprised me and then yeah it was it was actually such a good feeling that I felt like I've ever been so happy and you know I just kind of wish that kind of followed through so that you know I can kind of think of it but To be honest, now when I think of that game, I don't really think of that that goal. But um, at the same time, I was obviously delighted and that was my first goal for Rangers. So, uh, like I say, hopefully I can just carry that on.
1: That day was so funny, Graham, wasn't it? Because we were in the wee media bit and there was two Celtic folk in. I don't know what their job role was, but they had wee initials in their jackets, so they must have been part of the club or whatever. They'd obviously won now up. Me and Graham were in an absolute... Bad mood, like raging. i think, thinking, "No, it's happening again." You score, and us two stand up and start cheering. And they, they ended up going off their head. They're like, "Oh, for God's sake!" And then they obviously scored the game. i won't talk about it. And <laughs> there was like five minutes to go, right? Like five minutes, full five full minutes. And the man uh, beside us was going, "Right, ref, call the whistle. Right, ref, call the whistle for the last full five minutes." And me and Graham. Well, it's close to shouting. Gonna you shut up, mate. Like you're actually doing my head in. I was um, And then and then, and then also the whistle blew, and he was like, "Ah, I was joking. You didn't have to blow the whistle." And I just, I just wanted to go home again. Like that's the oh, current thing I think I've had this season. Is I just want to go home. Like no. I just want to be here. No, the <laughs> goal was good, though. It was it was really good. Though I was thinking, I've oh, scored. I said to Graham, "This this is already a different game because we've scored in this one." And then uh, we won't talk about the rest. Of it. But it was a good goal, and it was just. Um, I thought, okay, that's going to go all the season for me, and then they scored again. The I thought, no, it's no. Sorry, Rachel, it's coming right back. Yeah. It's coming well, right back.
0: We've talked about um progression and and sort of uh, leadership on the pitch and moments that hurt you, moments that you can celebrate. Obviously, the five nil, the defeats against Celtic, the opposite end of the spectrum. But um. Martin's talked about how next season he wants to make sure the things that, you know, you can maybe forgive this season because it is the first season, it is a progression. And I'm I'm not going to deny that. But Rangers have got huge standards, like scarily high standards. How do you look to sort of remedy the mistakes that have happened this season that are natural? How how are you looking to remedy that remedy them next season? Sorry.
2: Yeah, no, I think just with what we are saying, and you know, we've looked at where we can do better already um to try and put that into the games that have happened this season and that's just other things that we can then push for next season. And, you know, I think everyone within our team wants to do better. It's, you know, it's no one's happy with where they are and everyone's pushing. And I think you've got that competition within that team that each player is getting pushed each session they're in and each game they're playing. And, you know, it is such a strong squad. So I think that's only going to help for next season. Um, And going forward, like we can hopefully just continue that. And, you know, it's just wee small things. Like I I think we, I think we do play good football and, like you say, I think we've dominated uh, quite a lot of the other games, uh, games that we've lost as well. And just it's just the final little bit that we just need to connect with. So I uh, just hopefully we can kind of put that together next season and, you know, do a bit better.
0: And you've got a perfect chance, obviously, going on this weekend just to sort of finish the the, the interview today. Um, Glasgow City have, have played really well. Obviously, that one season, uh, you know, all about Glasgow City, obviously, and, and kind of the dynasty that, that Laura and the club and Scott has created there. But as much as it may backfire and, and it may help a, another club close to us, I think as a professional and as a team, and as Markley said, and to be professional, there's still a chance for qualifying for Champions League football on Sunday. You've got a chance to beat a team that only are the one other the team, well, we're the only team who will beat them this season. Um, I was going to so, say, what
1: team are you on about? I thought we were like, having <laughs> an player. Like, I don't know what team are talking about.
0: So the, the perfect opportunity, I suppose, on Sunday... For going in next season, it's going out and winning the game, isn't it, and showing that you know you you're the force to be reckoned with next season.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. I think you know, at each game that you go into, you're you're always going in to win. Um, I think it would it'd be weird if you were going on it to for anything else in, in some ways. Um, so yeah, like we're professional as we are, and, and we want to end it on as as high as we can, and you know that would be going out and getting three points and getting a win against City. So. You know we're fully focused on that, and we've worked hard this this week. Um, and we'll be back in on Saturday to, you know, train away and, and look at city and final tweaks for us kind of thing. And then we take it onto the pitch on Sunday, and uh, hopefully we can definitely get that result. You know,
0: I'm looking forward to playing in front of fans again. Obviously, as I'm aware, um, it's apparently sold out for the tickets that can be sold for Sunday, mm-hmm. and obviously some will be Glasgow City, but it will be nice just to get back in front of fans again, like a decent crowd, won't it?
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. I think you know it does make a big difference um, having fans in and having everyone around. I know for the, I mean, unfortunately the Celtic game, but Mum and Dad <laughs> came there for the first time, and you know it, it does add that little bit uh, special starting into it and having the supporters. So uh, hopefully that can continue, and it will be nice having them there on Sunday as well. And Rachel, the Rangers fans going?
1: Yeah, is it is sorry, is the Rangers fans? going I'm not... because um I was in the fan section for us. I don't need to do any media, so I'm joking. I'm actually going on behalf of the league. So um but I don't I wonder if I'm it not, not entirely sure.
0: I know I know it is sold out um and I assume people from there'll be people that you know potentially follow both for various reasons. I, I
1: bought them all <laughs> so nobody can go. <laughs> Every go one of them it'll be me sitting there myself in my Rangers Scarf on if I'm <laughs> See, somebody that works for the league I really should not be this biased but it's funny. So yeah, I, I
0: it's, um, it's funny Rachel, the most important question of, of every podcast before I do let you go is... Uh, I love this bit. We always ask you to recommend the next person on board. So it can be someone that you really want to dig in or it can be someone that you genuinely recommend. But who's who's next up for us?
1: And then you need to tell a mad funny story about who you nominate because Sam Kerr's one's yet to be beaten about Kirsten Riley in a Botox with a header of the ball. That's the best <laughs> one we've had so far. So, like well, that it's that, it's that is she... amazing.
0: That was a freckle with that.
2: I think... <laughs> <laughs> I think I have one I'm gonna put Megan Cunningham into it. I think you are honestly the words you'll get out of her she just goes goes on and I think the best part about Megan is you have to bring up her dancing. That's you get she'll get really touched about it and it has I was,
1: was gonna say, see the um the teammates quiz that you guys do and it's like who's the worst dancer? Um so she was doing one of them and everyone said Megan like every single player said oh Megan Megan and I think the person behind the camera said everyone's voted you and she was like what they've not even seen my dancing I'm the best dancer and I was like I don't think you because everyone is actually reiterating how bad you are supposedly oh. I
2: really need to see it now that I've seen all these videos Honestly it's it's funny it's funny for sure I mean I think everyone just winds it up now as well even if you've not seen it you've got to say Megan you know one of them <laughs> but uh, yeah you'll get mad chats about it. I mean she's she does crazy fitness things. She'll be away cycling, running honestly everything under the sun, you know, after like games and training and it's just uh, she's she's a she's a good one to chat to.
0: Well you've been called out, out looking now, looking Megan. The and you've I'm Megan. You've got to come and defend your dancing. But but Rachel, thanks so much obviously for for doing the podcast. Thanks again for always for Rangers for, for helping us organise it and uh good luck for Sunday and good luck for of course for next season and the Scotland Games at the middle of the month. Middle of the month, yes. Thank